name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we are the Extra Sisters. Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to another Haunted Happy Hour. And this Haunted Happy Hour, I know that it's technically not like wintry and spooky, but it kind of feels like one of those where you'd like get cuddled up and like get a you know cup of hot chocolate and sit by a fire you know yeah I thought so that's why I was like this would definitely work for December yeah yeah so we're gonna talk about a few Grimm's fairy tales and it's kind of a sketchy little area with copyright so you know we can't like read you the whole fucking audiobook or anything right we can talk about some synopses you know Exactly. That's enough to get you through and to get the point across, you know what I mean? Yeah, and then if you really want to track it down, you can read it if it's creepy enough for you or interesting. Right. There's like a lot of different versions and these have traveled through time. So if you've heard a version that's not exactly the same and you're like, no, it's a fairy tale. Come on, you know. (laughs) Right. Because a lot of Grimm's fairy tales were things that they tracked down were like German fairy tales that they kind of put together in a book. So they created some of their own, but a lot of them they took from other people. So there's a lot, you know, like there's like three different versions of Cinderella, stuff like that. Right, like I was going to say, like Cinderella and Rapunzel and like I think even Snow White. I don't remember Mm -hmm. Snow White specifically, but I do know Cinderella and Rapunzel. There are Grimm's fairy tales versions of those, which are interesting. I don't personally have those because I feel like everyone knows those. But I, I have some other ones that are interesting and they're all like, you know, death. (laughs) yes exactly we're obviously you know our haunted happy hour got to keep it spooky so ours are definitely creepy but still fairy tales so i agree mine are kind of interesting i had never heard of these tales before but they're creepy yeah i had never heard of mine either one of mine is incredibly short and the other ones are like medium sized (laughs) so i don't know if this is going to be quicker or longer or Well, it just kind of depends on how much talky talk we do. Right, exactly. I guess just sit back and relax and listen to some fairy tales. Yeah, get your hot cocoa ready. Okay, so I'm going to start off with my longest one. And this one is called The Goose Girl. A widowed queen sends her daughter to a faraway land to marry. Accompanying the princess are her magical horse, Falada, who can speak, and a waiting maid. The queen gives the princess a special charm that will protect her as long as she wears it. The princess and her servant travel for a time, and eventually the princess grows thirsty. She asks the maid to go and fetch her some water, but the maid simply says, If you want water, get it for yourself. I do not want to be your servant any longer. So the princess has to fetch herself water from the nearby stream. She wails softly, What will become of me? The charm answers, Alas, alas, if your mother knew, her loving heart would break in two. After a while, the princess gets thirsty again, so she asks her maid once more to get her some water. But again, the evil servant says, I will not serve you any longer, no matter what you or your mother say. The servant leaves the poor princess to drink from a nearby river by her dainty little hands. When she bends to the water, her charm falls out of her bosom and floats away. The maid takes advantage of the princess's vulnerability. She orders the princess to change clothes with her and the horses as well. She threatens to kill the princess if she doesn't swear never to say a word about this reverse of rules to any living being. Sadly, the princess takes the oath. The maid's servant then rides off on Falada, while the princess has to mount the maid's nag. At the palace, the maid poses as the princess, and the princess' servant is ordered to guard the geese with a little boy called Conrad. The false bride offers Falada to be killed, as she fears he might talk. The real princess hears of this and begs the slaughter 
to nail Falada's head above the doorway where she passes with her geese every morning. The next morning, the goose girl addresses Falada's head over the doorway. Falada, Falada, thou art dead, and all the joy in my life has fled. And Falada answers, Alas, alas, if your mother knew, her loving heart would break in two. On the goose meadow, Conrad watches the princess comb her beautiful hair, and he becomes greedy to pluck one or two of her golden locks. But the goose girl sees this and says a charm. Blow wind, blow, I say. Take Conrad's hat away. Do not let him come back today until my hair is combed today. And so the wind takes his hat away, and he cannot return before the goose girl has finished brushing and plaiting her hair. Conrad angrily goes to the king and declares he will not herd geese with this girl any longer because of the strange things that happen. The king tells him to do it one more time, and the next morning hides and watches. He finds everything as Conrad has told. That evening, he asks the princess to tell him her story, but she refuses to say anything because of her oath. The king suggests that she might tell everything on the iron stove. She agrees, climbs into the stove, and tells her story while the king listens from outside. As the king is convinced she has told the truth, he has the goose girl clad in royal clothes. He then tricks the false princess into choosing her own punishment. While each choice is different in each version of the story, in the classic version, she tells the king that a false servant should be dragged through town naked in a barrel with internal spikes. As a result, she is punished that way until she dies. After that, the prince and true princess are married and reign over the kingdom for many years. Interesting. Yeah. He just wanted some hair, man. (laughs) He just wanted to be a creepy stalker and get some locks of hair. And then everything just fell apart for for that lady. I mean, she was kind of a bitch. Yeah, and telling, like, either way, you wanted to put somebody in a barrel with nails naked? That's fucked up. <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, at least Conrad was like, you know, this is kind of weird, right? <laughs> the wind just picking up my hat. Yeah. Taking it away. <laughs> Some spells, witchcraft. But it's okay if you're a princess that does witchcraft. Not if you're an ugly hag, maid. Exactly. Or just a maid. You could be pretty, but if you're doing witchcraft, it's not okay. <laughs> right. As long as you're like... As long as you're you rich. Know. Yeah. If yeah. you're rich, it's fine. But if you're a maid <laughs> of any sort or a homo, can't, you can't do that. I'm going to start with my shortest one, I think. Okay. So this one's called The Three Snake Leaves. It's okay. like very short, and I apologize. <laughs> I read like a little bit of a synopsis and I was like, ooh, that sounds interesting. And then I realized that was like the whole thing. <laughs> the I thought it was like, yeah, I thought it was like a little snippet, but the snippet is the whole thing. But via his valor in battle, a young man wins the king's daughter to wife, wins her. Ugh. Anyways, but has <laughs> to agree to an unusual demand from the princess. If either of them should die, the other will be buried alive with the former. I would immediately be like, nah, I'm good. Like, because right. one of us is bound to die. Yeah, no. And, like, nah. Like, statistics <laughs> are on his side, though, because men usually die before women. So it would probably be her. But you never know. <laughs> and, of course, sometime later, the princess falls sick and dies. Of course. So the prince is buried alive in her crypt. And, and my second point is, who is going to make him hold true to that, you know? Right, yeah, no. Mm -mm. While waiting to starve to death, the prince is attacked by a snake, which he kills by chopping into three pieces. 
Third point, I would probably just let the snake kill me at that point. <laughs> right? What did you kill it with? Did you take a sword with you? That's weird. He probably. He's, then kill you know, yourself with the sword. Via his valor in battle, he probably took his sword. You're just saying puku yourself, you know? Yeah. That's what I would do. Another snake revives the dead snake with his three leaves, giving the prince the idea to use the leaves on the princess. Always a bad idea. <laughs> Successfully reviving her. The prince and princess then take a sea voyage to visit his father. You know, people never come back the same. We saw that in Harry Potter, you know. At the pet cemetery. Don't right. do it. The princess falls in love with the ship captain, and the pair throw the prince into the Aww, sea. Oh, that's fucked up. And drown him. I know. A servant rows after the prince's body and revives him using the snake leaves. The prince and the servant return to the kingdom and report the murder attempt, for which the princess and the captain are executed. She died twice. God damn. Because she was she made this pact, and so she decided to die twice. The moral of the story being, don't be a cheating bitch. <laughs> exactly. He fucking brought you back to yeah, life. Yeah, man. Like, and you were like, mm, he, this other guy, cute though. <laughs> That's what I keep saying. Like with the mummy, it's like one of my favorites. You know, he brings her back and I'm like, I'm there. Yeah. I'm with you forever. You bring Hell me back yeah. from the dead. That's fucking badass. Hell yeah. That's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. And he was willing to like bury himself alive and die with you. Also that, that's got to be horrifying. Just yeah. waiting to like dehydrate or starve mm -mm. to death. You're a bitch. You don't deserve shit. Maybe that you did beforehand. You're different when you came back. I don't know. Or maybe she was always trifling, you know, right. you know, like, I don't know. She was just like, this pirate is fucking hot, so. Right. You never know. All right. My next one is called Fitcher's Bird. A sorcerer would take the form of a beggar to abduct young women as his would-be brides. After bringing the eldest sister of a family back to his home, he assured her she would be happy with him. Eventually, the sorcerer leaves, but not before handing her the keys to all the rooms in the house and an egg to look after that was to be on her person at all times. However, he forbade her to enter one particular room in the house under the penalty of death. Ultimately, the sister did investigate the forbidden room out of curiosity and discovered a basin of blood at its center. Shocked at the dismembered body parts that existed within it, she dropped the egg. Once back home, the sorcerer could tell by the bloodied egg that the sister had gone against his will in his absence and had her suffer the same fate as the others from the room. Subsequently, a second sister from the family was carried off, only for the same outcome to occur as that of the first. It then came to be that of the youngest sister found herself in the very same situation. But unlike her sisters, the youngest had put aside the egg before exploring the house. In the forbidden room, she found and assembled her sister's remains, which united and brought the sisters to life again. Finding her egg unstained upon his return, the sorcerer was ready to marry the youngest sister. Freed from his power, she had the sorcerer carry a basket of gold back to her family without rest. She indicated that she would be watching from a window at his progress while she would make preparations for a wedding. Unbeknownst to the sorcerer, the voice that would scold him whenever he tried to take a break on his journey came from one of the two sisters hidden inside the gold brim basket and not his bride. Meanwhile, the youngest sister dressed up a skull and let it rest on the garret window, looking outwards, and covered herself with honey and feathers so she looked like a strange bird. She left the house intending to reunite with her family. 
Along her way, she is addressed as Fitcher's Bird by passing guests to the wedding and the sorcerer returning from his delivery and asks for the whereabouts of the bride. As the bride, she replied that the bride had cleaned the entirety of the house and was now looking out from the window. Once the guests and sorcerer had all entered the house, the three sisters, brothers, and relatives barred the doors and set the house ablaze. It reminded me of Beauty and the Beast in the beginning. <laughs> like, do not enter the West Wing, you know? Definitely. Ex- yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, burning the shit down, you know? Darker. Kill the beast. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of things that, like, they take. Just just like that one little part, it's going to go here. Yes. And we're going to make this little fairy tale from it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, like him carrying the basket of gold, very red, ra- red riding hood. So, yeah, I'm sure. This one is called Mother or Frau Holly. And I think it's Holly. It may be Hall, but it's H-O-L-L-E. But there's no accent on the E. So this is also known as Old Mother Frost. And it's a German fairy tale collected by Brothers Grimm. So they were like, oh, that's that's fucked up. <laughs> there's actually a lot of folklore around this one. Like I had to scroll for a while just to get to the synopsis because there's so much like around this one, which is really oh, interesting. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, like, apparently, like, originally, apparently, like, a Germanic supreme goddess who predates Ooh. most of the Germanic pantheon. Okay, that's fucking a- cool. A- including, like, Odin, Thor, Loki, like, all of them. And as Christianity replaced Scandinavian paganism, many of the old customs were gradually lost. And so this became, like, a fairy tale. Right, which is honestly most fairy tales come from right. deities, but that's cool. Right, and she's, this is an old, old, old one. A rich widow, you got to kind of keep up on this one because it's super weird. <laughs> A rich widow lived with her daughter and her stepdaughter. The widow favored her younger biological daughter, allowing her to become spoiled and idle while her older stepdaughter was left to do all of the work. Every day, the stepdaughter would sit outside the cottage and spin beside the well. So spin, you know, like spin clothes, textiles, all that good stuff. One day she pricked her finger on the point of the spindle. As she leaned over the well to wash the blood away, the spindle fell from her hand and sank out of sight. The stepdaughter feared that she would be punished for losing the spindle, and in panic, she leapt into the well after it. Y'all picking up Alice in Wonderland vibes yet? Definitely. The girl found herself in a meadow where she came upon an oven full of bread. See, we're on mushrooms now. We're getting lost. (laughs) The bread asked to be taken out before it was burned. Bread's talking. I'm serious. It's fucking like crazy. (laughs) With a baker's peel, which is like a shovel. Like it's, it's, you know, the thing that people take out pizza with. That's what that is. She took all of the loaves out and then walked on. Then she came onto an apple tree that asked that its apples be harvested. So she did so and gathered them into a pile before continuing on her way. Finally, she came to a small house of an old woman who offered to allow the girl to stay if she would help with the housework. The woman identified herself as Frau Holly and cautioned the girl to shake the feather bed pillows and coverlet well when she made the bed as that would make it snow in this girl's world. The girl agreed to take service with the Frau and took care to always shake the feather bed until the feathers flew around like snowflakes. After a time, the girl became homesick and told the Frau that it was time for her to return home. 
Frau Holy had been impressed by the girl's kindness and hard work so much that when she escorted the girl to the gate, a shower of gold fell upon her. She also gave her the spindle which had fallen into the well. With that, the gate was closed, and the girl found herself back, not far from her mother's house. Her mother wished the same good fortune for her biological daughter. She also set her to sit by the well and spin, but the girl deliberately threw the spindle into the well before jumping in herself. She too came to the oven, but would not assist the bread, nor would she help the apple tree. When she came upon the house, she likewise took service there, but before long fell into her lazy, careless ways. She was told by the woman that she would be dismissed. As the lazy girl stood at the gate, a kettle of pitch, which pitch in this sense is like a polymer or like a petroleum okay. type thing, spilled over her. That so is she was what like you have earned. And feathered. Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that is what you have earned, said the Frau as she closed the gate. Other versions describe the girl having a piece of gold fall from her lips every time she speaks, whilst the second has a toad fall from her lips every time she speaks. So. Interesting. Yeah. I kind of liked the, I don't know if maybe I'm picking up on something that's not there, but the, what she was talking about, it was snow in your world. I wonder if like the apple tree picking the apples is like fall. I wonder if she's going through the seasons. That's a good point. That's very interesting. Yeah. It definitely huh. made me think about like, you know, through the looking glass and like Yeah, definitely. Like when she fell down the well, does like, you know, Alice fucking falling through. Right. And the bread, it's like, eat me. <laughs> I see you, Lewis Carroll. It's a Grimm's <laughs> fairy tale. I got you. Okay. The last one I have is the robber bridegroom. A miller wishes to marry his daughter off, and so when a rich suitor appears, he betroths her to him. One day, the suitor complains that the daughter never visits him. He tells her that he lives in the forest and overrides her reluctance to visit by telling her he will leave a trail of ashes so she can find her way home. She fills her pockets with peas and lentils and marks the trail with them as she follows the ashes. They lead her to a dark and silent house. A bird in a cage calls out, Turn back, turn back, thou bonny bride, nor in this house of death abide. An old woman in a cellar chair tells her that the people there will kill and eat her unless the old woman protects her and hides her behind a cask. A band of robbers arrives with a young woman whom they kill, rape, and prepare to eat. When one chops, chops off a finger to get at the golden ring on it, the finger and ring fly through the air and land in the lap of the hiding woman. The old woman discourages the group from searching for it because neither the finger nor the ring are likely to run away. They will find it in the morning. The old woman then drugs the robber's wine. As soon as they fall asleep, the two living women flee. All the wind has blown away the ashes that guided the miller's daughter to the house. The peas and lentils have sprung up into seedlings, and the two follow the path of plants and reach the young woman's home. When the wedding day arrives and the guests are telling stories, the bridegroom urges the young woman to tell a story. She says she will tell of a dream she had and tells the story of going to the murderer's den, in between each sentence, saying, This was only a dream, my love. When she tells the part of the finger falling into her lap, she produces the finger. The robber bridegroom and all his band are subsequently put to death. Good. <laughs> I know, right? Shout out. Women supporting women. Yes. Making sure they exactly. don't get, you know, raped and eaten. I'll get you out of here, girl. Yeah. My mom's been awful watching all that, though. Dude. Mm. So, my last one here has themes of 
cannibalism, parallels between food and death. It's great. Exciting. There's a song that goes with it. Ooh, okay. These song lyrics, though. My mother, she killed me. My father, he ate me. My sister, little Marlinchen, gathered together all my bones, tied them in a silken handkerchief, laid them beneath the juniper tree. Kaiwit, kaiwit, what a beautiful bird am I. So this one has a song. It's like one of those things, you know, like, you know, when you sing with your friends and you're, like, holding hands. Yeah. (laughs) Like the... London Bridge is falling down mm-hmm. or... Working around the rosy. Yeah. 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 So this one is called the Juniper Tree. A wealthy and pious couple pray every day for God to grant them a child. One winter, under the juniper tree in the courtyard, the wife peels an apple. She cuts her finger and drops of blood fall onto the snow. This leads her to wish for a child to be as white as snow and as red as blood. How does that work? Like rosy I, cheeks or what? What do we think? Red hair. Yeah. What are we talking right. about here? Is it a demon? Like <laughs> <laughs> red blood? Are we talking you don't want an alien baby? What is happening? I don't know. It sounds racist to me, but <laughs> six months later the wife becomes gravely ill from eating juniper berries and asks her husband to bury her beneath the juniper tree if she dies. See, if a juniper tree killed me, I'd want to be as far away from that thing as possible. <laughs> A month later, she gives birth to a baby boy as white as snow and as red as blood. She dies of happiness. Not of the juniper berries, but of happiness. That's weird. Keeping his promise. It's a weird thing to die of. I know. (laughs) Keeping his promise, the husband buries her beneath the juniper tree. He eventually marries again, and he and his new wife have a daughter named, we're going to call her Marlene, because there's a bunch of different versions, like Marjorie and Marie. Marlichen, I I don't know. I can't say that one. Mm. The new wife loves Marlene but despises her stepson. She abuses him every day, claiming that she wishes Marlene to inherit her father's wealth instead of the stepson. One afternoon after school, the stepmother plans to lure her stepson into an empty room containing a chest of apples. Marlene sees the chest and asks for an apple, which the stepmother gladly offers. However, When the boy enters the room and reaches down the chest for an apple, the stepmother slams the lid onto his neck, decapitating him. The stepmother binds his head with the rest of his body with a bandage and props his body onto a chair outside with an apple on his lap. Marlene, unaware of the situation, asks her stepbrother for an apple. Hearing no response, she is forced by her mother to box him in the ear, causing his head to roll onto the ground. Marlene profusely cries throughout the day whilst the stepmother dismembers the stepson's body and cooks him into a blood soup. She later deceives her husband by telling him that his son stayed at the mother's great uncle's house. The husband eats the blood soup during dinner and proclaims it to be delicious. Marlene gathers the bones from the dinner and buries them beneath the juniper tree with a handkerchief. Suddenly a mist emerges from the juniper tree and a beautiful bird flies out. The bird visits the local townspeople and sings about its brutal murder at the hands of its stepmother. Captivated by its lullaby, a goldsmith, a shoemaker, and a miller offer the bird a gold chain, a pair of red shoes, and a millstone in return for the bird singing its song again. The bird returns home to give the gold chain to the husband while giving Marlene the red shoes. Meanwhile, the stepmother complains about the raging fires within her arteries, revealed to be the real cause of her anger and hatred towards her stepson. 
She goes outside for a leaf, but the bird drops the millstone onto her head, killing her instantly. Surrounded by smoke and flames, the sun revealed to be the bird emerges and reunites with the family. They celebrate, go inside for lunch, and live happily ever after. So that means even the daughter and the father hated that woman. Yeah, they were like, oh, she fucking <laughs> murdered you? Fuck that bitch. Let's go have some lunch. <laughs> Turkey sandwiches for everyone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like some porridge? <laughs> um, I like that one. She got what was coming to yeah, her. Yeah, emerging from like flames, being like, you thought I was gone, bitch? No. Yeah. And making like your husband eat his son, like, who? that's... Reminds me of that episode of South Park when Cartman makes him eat his parents. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's like Grimm's fairy tales were some dark shit. I was reading, like, I know we didn't do Cinderella or anything, but I guess they also did a Sleeping Beauty one. Mm-hmm. And I had never heard that uh, instead of her getting kissed, she was raped and produced twins from it. And one of the twins like plucked out a thing from her finger and that's what woke her up yeah so disney some dark shit <laughs> right. disney's like right. no no even the kiss yeah. was non-consensual disney yeah i don't know i like the darker grimace fairy tales they're they're interesting interesting yes do i want to watch aurora be raped no no Agreed, but maybe like Cinderella where they had to cut their toes off to fit in shoes. Like, I'd be down with that. Yeah, somebody make that version. <laughs> yes. Come on, Blumhouse. You make everything else. <laughs> you could be sitting on a gold right? mine here. So I guess Korea, Korean horror is really big on doing fairy tales and they have like a Cinderella one and Snow White and stuff like that. And I really want to watch them. You would think that somebody would do a Grimm's fairy tale series where they make shit like this. You yeah. know what I mean? I agree. Like, I feel, I mean, I feel like they tried to do it with Hansel and Gretel or Gretel and Hansel or whatever, but they kind of failed there. It's like when they try, they fail. So we just give up. <sighs> yeah, I guess we'll just give up anytime a horror movie <laughs> fails. Just leave it right. and be dead. I just think it'd be way better than watching, you know, the Warrens for the bajillionth time. Yeah, let that die. Yes. Let's do a Grimm series. Not like the TV show. <laughs> like Grimm's Fairy Tales, Blumhouse, come on. Or someone. A24. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I that'd be good. Ooh, Jordan Peele. Do it. Come on. <sighs> yeah. I don't think that has enough substance for him. Yeah. Well, somebody could do it, though. One of those studios could do it. I'd be there. I'd be lining up. Me too. Let's do it. Me and you. (laughs) And let's make our own horror movie Budget is $300. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. The camera costs $150. The quality is terrible. Just have to get all of our friends to, I'm sorry, you're in this role. You have to do it. You just have to say these lines. And they're like, unbeknownst (laughs) to me. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's really bad. We're going to be on someone's dollar tier on Patreon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe our exactly. own. Right. Make fun of our own movies. I would pay 50 cents for this. It was a disaster. <laughs> right. Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us for this haunted happy hour of Grimm's fairy tales. We hope you're having a wonderful holiday season, however you celebrate. Or if you don't celebrate, that's fine, too. Just, <laughs> you know, look at all the pretty lights. Exactly. And... Obviously, we 
we celebrate Christmas, so we're sorry. And most uh, horror films that we can find for this holiday season are Christmas. So that's what we're going to go into this next month. So. I celebrate the pagan meaning of Christmas. Yes, exactly. Not the Christy exactly. reason. Yeah, no, fuck yeah, that. Yeah, no, no. Paganism. <laughs> that's where it's at. Right. Until next time, stay creepy. <laughs>